The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. Happy Monday. My name is Haley, and I'm your host. Today, we're going to be joined with Joe Linzer. He is a fellow D2, but at the Ohio State University's School of Dentistry. It's a really cool, like, honest chat about kind of comparing and contrasting our dental school experiences, his own journey into dentistry as a first-generation college student and then obviously dentist, and about getting into OSU, some tips if you're applying there. We talk a lot about ASDA, we talk about dental assisting, we talk about finance and investing, so lots of really good topics. If you too are a dental student or a pre-dental student, I'm sure you'll find this episode to be very interesting. For a quick little catch-up this week, last week I actually had quite a bit going on extracurricularly and just with school I have a lot of exams coming up. Today that you're listening to this is actually my birthday, so that's exciting, I guess. I had a good time celebrating over the weekend with my friends for one night and then also with my family. They came for dinner yesterday, so that's one pro of living close to your dental school is that my parents could easily drive to Ann Arbor for dinner and then go home right after and it wasn't a big deal or anything. So last week I assisted once and also had our oral medicine rotation, which was essentially blood pressure intraoral exam, extraoral exam, like head and neck cancer screening and everything. And then I also had a few Zooms for the D1s again, meet and greet Zooms with Christian Dental Association and AAWD, American Association for Women Dentists. And then I had a few Zooms with ASDA, one with the MDA, and then I also had one with Tom from Dental Stores, who was a guest on the podcast a few weeks ago. I had him come talk to our ASDA chapter and he did a really great job and I had a school-wide student council meeting, so there was a lot happening extracurricularly, and then just normal classes. Same with this week, pretty much normal classes, except Friday I have a midterm in GU, which is general urinary system, and then the following week we have two more midterms, and then we have a week off to study for finals, and then I have one, two, three, four, five finals, so not the worst ever, but quite a bit going on basically and I'm looking forward to finishing out the school year. I'm moving out on July 29th of this apartment. Unfortunately, the way leases tend to work in college towns, there's like a gap between when your lease ends and if you're moving into a new place, you usually can't move until the end of August. So I have to move my furniture home for a little bit. It would have only been one week, but we're going on a family trip to Alaska, which is a very exciting thing. So because I will be out of town when my lease actually ends here, I'm just going to move out a little bit early and take my finals from home. I don't have any more in-person stuff that last week of July and early August and finals and everything. So that's kind of my game plan. Next week, the episode is going to be with another guest, Steve Anderson, the author of Dental Ease. So I hope you're all looking forward to that one. And then... I will have a few more guests and hopefully some solo episodes coming up. There might be a little bit of a lag in later in the summer, early fall with episodes, depending on if I'm able to get guests recorded before Alaska and everything. But rest assured, there will still pretty much always be an episode every single Monday of this podcast. So a little bit longer of an intro. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all liked the little catch up. And I hope you have a wonderful week and enjoy this conversation with Joe.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone. So we have another guest here today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Joe. Uh, I am a D2 right now at Ohio State, which is kind of weird to say that I'm a D2 now, but uh, that's that's what it is. I went to undergrad at Cleveland State and uh, uh, from small town Ohio and uh, still in Ohio, went to uh, like I said, undergrad in Ohio and whatnot, and uh, I'm a first-generation college student, and so I'm also going to be a first-generation uh, dentist. That's awesome, and I feel like I have to shout it out already, but your Instagram account, I think it's really great. You have very informative posts, so I definitely recommend people check it out. It's just at Future Dentist Joe, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to try and uh, write, you know, I, I think a lot of people, they they go on Instagram for photos and maybe don't necessarily read the captions. And I, and I kind of wanted to change that and just like kind of make it a true blog and like a true attack some topics that are maybe a little bit taboo sometimes and just kind of go all in and uh, see how it goes. I know one of the things you've talked about probably a while back now on your Instagram is about assisting because that was a big part, I feel like, of your dental application and how you got your dental experience. And I know a lot of pre-dental students listening are really interested in assisting. How did you kind of get your foot in the door with that? Yeah, that's a really interesting story. And uh, basically what happened was I was in ASDA uh, at Cleveland State as an undergrad and the pre-professional advisor there kind of knew I was active. I I was secretary for um, a couple years in a row. And then when it came to my senior year, after I took the DAT and everything, a position kind of opened up at an office and that dentist, that, that pediatric dentist actually went to Cleveland state and was like, Hey, send us one of your dental students. Uh, we want like someone to assist. And, uh, really it actually was initially supposed to be just sterilization. Uh, so I originally just learned how to sterilize instruments and all of that stuff and then uh, moved on to dental assisting once they kind of were like, he, he can do a little bit more than just uh, sterilization now. But it took a while to get to that point. So uh, ASDA helped out a lot with that just through connections, uh, honestly, which isn't always necessarily going to be the case, but I think what you really need to find is if you're going to be a pre-dental student and you're going to be a dental assistant is you have to find a dentist that is willing to teach you uh, and someone that's pretty patient because um, we really don't know a lot of times uh, what is actually going on in the dental office as a pre-dental student. We shadow a lot uh, and that that helps. But then, you know, transitioning to being a, a dental assistant was totally different um, and took, you know, another layer of understanding. But it was great, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I know that right now in particular, offices are having an actually hard time finding assistance. So I feel like this would be a good time for 
students to start contacting people and trying to get that experience. Did you it assist? It could not be a better time. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Did you assist for just like the summer before you started dental school or did you do a gap year and assist for a year or was it multiple years? Yeah, good question. So actually I started when I was in uh, undergrad. So okay. my senior year of undergrad, my that last year I started and it was a very tough decision because I was actually going into my third year as being an RA. And so I was like booked up on time. Like I, I was good. You know, I did not need to add anything else to the schedule. Uh, but when this opportunity came up, I was like, okay, do I quit being an RA? And I mean, I mean, I want to go to dental school. I want to. So I, I did. I, I ended up quitting being an RA and went into being a dental assistant while I was still taking classes. So I would actually only go in on like Wednesdays uh, at first, and then it just slowly added to more and uh, then, you know, the summers and, and everything as well. But I was studying neurobiology in the dental office as I was sterilizing instruments. So that's awesome that you were able to make that priority and kind of a sacrifice in a way too, but and obviously paid off because here you are in dental school. <laughs> yes. And honestly, also that, that decision to quit being an RA during my senior year, uh, it, it came at a good time because as all of us probably obviously know that COVID was a thing. So I would have lost my living arrangement anyways. So by me, like switching to dental assisting and, and you know, dental offices, they, for a couple of weeks, they were closed, but not the entire time. Right. So mm -hmm. I still had a job for most of the, the summer, actually, last year. Yeah, that is great. And you mentioned ASDA. I want to ask a little bit more about that. But first of all, you were involved in ASDA as an undergrad, you said. And I get a lot mm -hmm. of questions from pre-dentals. How do I get involved in ASDA? What is ASDA? Did your undergrad campus have like an ASDA chapter for pre-dents? Yeah, we did. Okay. It was uh, kind of small, but we, we definitely had one. And so we had positions and we had the, you know, the normal president, vice president role. And I, I was secretary for a lot of years or two and almost kind of three is two, two and a half ish. But uh, it was, it was good. Pre-dental day really was the catalyst for OSU though. So OSU always does a pre-dental day and Cleveland state always came to that. So I actually went twice to OSU for their pre-dental day and just knew that like, this was a school that I was interested in for sure. Yeah. Even I went to Ohio state's pre-dental day once from Michigan and it was super, super impressive. I had a really yeah. fun time. Who knows? Um, we we might've both been there at the same time. They're so crazy. You yeah. Don't know, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. We probably were, I would imagine. Cause it was the year we were applying. Mm, so yep, probably. probably. Um, another thing, I guess, like, cause our school, my undergrad, I guess I should say Michigan state, our pre-dental club was like ASDA recognized, but they don't do anything with ASDA. So would you encourage students to like get on executive board and kind of start integrating that more? Or I know that ASDA pre-dental has their own like executive team that does like communications and goes to conferences and things. So do you think it's more worth a student's time to kind of go right into like as the pre-dental things or to try to enhance it at their own school? Yeah. So that's a good question. Uh, I really think that 
depending on the school and where you're at, it might be worthwhile to be in um, your pre-dental chapter also and be, being active um, through that role. I would say also make sure that you're, you're getting contour, make sure you're actually officially enrolled and you're actually getting the, the books and, and whatnot, the guide to like basically getting into dental school, huge resource uh, and whatnot. I think whether or not you get involved at your, you're recognized as the chapter or whether it's not officially recognized uh, really is up to you and, and what your time and your resume and whatnot you're shooting for, you know, when you're applying to dental school. Uh, but for me, it was just a good role, good way to get engaged and meet some other uh, people that were interested in dentistry, because uh, to be honest, I mean, compared to Ohio State, you know, there might, there's hundreds of undergrads here that are interested in uh, dental school. And at the school I was at, this smaller undergrad, there wasn't nearly as many people. So, you know, my roommates and everyone I was constantly around was like, oh, they're going to major in engineering, they're going to major in business, which is, is fantastic. But I also want to have that group of people that like totally understand like, oh, you're studying for the DAT, I'm studying for the DAT. So um, balance those out for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's, I feel like getting connected with your university's chapter, like you said, it's the people that can support you and are going through the same experiences. And then you're getting to meet like local dentists through speakers and learning probably more about like the local dental schools that you're most likely going to apply to and everything. So I agree. The Well, yeah. And then also like, are you a first generation uh, dentist? Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you are, then you really might want to consider being a part of that uh, because I, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I definitely did not know a lot, you know, going through this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't really have other than like the, random people I called up on the phone to shadow. I didn't have like dentists that I could kind of ask questions to, or even like dental students, like the best way for me applying to dental school was the people a few years ahead of me in undergrad that went through the application cycle recently. And now we're in dental school when I'm applying, like those people read my personal statements and were helping me Mm -hmm. out. So I feel like those connections are so invaluable and it trickles down. Like they helped me. So I help other people and then those people help other people. So it's a really great, I think, community. Yeah. It's very, in uh, very diverse organization and it, and it does translate into dental school and, and whatnot as well. So definitely something to be involved with. And you're in ASDA now at Ohio state, right? Yes. How's that going? Uh, very good. Very good. So we are finally uh, planning in-person events, which is great of course uh during covid i I ran for a position uh to be the uh, president-elect for osu and i i got that which is a huge honor and i'm really thankful for uh this opportunity that i've I've had so far but you know this entire time we haven't been able to plan anything uh really so we're just now starting to get the ball rolling uh so that's been exciting but you're in asda too right Yeah. uh, At our chapter, I'm the lunch and learn coordinator. And then one of my good friends is the trustee for district six, which for people that don't know involves my school and Joe's school and a few others. So he asked me to come on board for the district and do kind of their social media branding posts, stuff like that, that I kind of already do a lot of. So I help out with the district six stuff as well. 
but yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I'm excited for in-person events and like also more conferences and everything with our district, but also like national conference is supposed to be really fun from what I've heard. So I'm excited to finally get meeting more people and getting more involved. Yeah. I've heard the same thing. All I, all I hear is good things about the national conferences and whatnot and uh, really, really should be fun. I mean, I don't see how it couldn't be. It sounds great. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think it's so, I feel like being involved in anything in dental school, but also as to specifically really helps reframe your mind when you're just studying all the time and exams and practicals and stressed, like getting to meet other people that are passionate about dentistry and forming those connections, whether it's students or dentists, like reignites you and like reminds you why you're putting yourself through all this burden anyways. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a really great way to keep yourself going during dental school because it can be very tough. Yeah. And honestly, I, it's a huge compliment also to be wined and dined as a dental student. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like I, I feel like that is like something I was not necessarily prepared for, but like, it's, it's fun. It's Yeah, it's a little preview for maybe what's coming preview. in the yes. next few years. <laughs> so you said you just started your second year. How long of a break did you guys get between D1 and D2? We got a full week. Me too. Yep. <laughs> That's that it. <laughs> you know, and I was talking to someone recently and they're in the, the med school here at OSU and they they get the summer. I was like, oh, wow, wow, that must be nice. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I couldn't even imagine having that long of a break because we don't at all. I think our longest ones over the winter, we get like two and a half maybe or so, but how was your first year overall? It was good. Uh, Our anatomy class was really intense. I mean, I think I was not, I didn't know that there was going to be that much embryology, but we had a lot of embryology uh, into our anatomy class. And in this last semester, the, the spring semester, it was an eight credit hour course. And it just took up like, oh goodness, maybe 80% of your mental energy. And it's like, what kind of stinks about that is, you know, we have all these bread and butter, like dental courses that maybe get 20% of your mental energy in that situation. And which is, is kind of awful in a way, because like, that's what we're going to be doing for forever, you know, for our careers. And uh, yeah, anatomy is such a a big course load here, uh, which is fine. Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying that like the dental specific classes don't get as much of our time because the hard sciences are so much more difficult to like do well on the exams and things. And then we're neglecting sometimes actual clinical education, but I mean, it all ties in and we need it all for boards. So it works out in the end, but it does get a little frustrating at times for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I will say though, the, the cadaver lab was a good experience. Uh, Very good. It made you busy all the time. Like I I felt like, you know, I was hopping from one thing to the next, even, even with COVID restrictions. I mean, we were still in the cadaver lab and in in preclinic lab and uh, but it, it all worked out. Learn a lot about the nerves and, and things like that in that class, and which was really cool. Did you do your own dissection for the cadaver lab? We did our own dissection for the head and neck. Okay. So the med students did below the neck and, and we did head and neck. So what about you guys? So that's what we were supposed to have done. We would have done that our summer. So a year ago when we started, mm. but because of COVID, it was hundred percent remote at that time. 
So we just had like a virtual lab experience. So we kind of missed the cadaver lab for our class, Ah. which I think is a bit of a downer. But thankfully, I had a cadaver lab experience through a class in undergrad. So that really helped me get familiar with the content. And I feel like anatomy lecture written component, that stuff is so much harder if you don't have the lab to really visualize it and see how things actually come together in person. Yeah, I would agree with that also. Um, It does make it harder, but anatomy in general, depending on what type of uh, questions you're getting and and OSU likes their secondary questions, it was going to be challenging no matter what. So yeah, you get through it, you know, it's all, all possible to do. How would you uh, recommend like studying? What was your big study strategy for dental school so far? Uh, So far uh, it's been, it has not been consistent. That's the, that's the one thing I've been all over the place, but with anatomy, it was Anki worked out the best. And especially for embryology, where you're just looking at these, these images that kind of look, you know, you've never seen these things before. Uh, that I found was just perfect for Anki to try and just like rep- repetition uh, for that. And then other classes like maybe operative and, and other things like that, I would just take notes and see, I'm really thankful our class, like we share study guides uh, and whatnot. So we have a Google drive and we share um, a lot of study guides. So I would just use those a lot of times. Uh, But yeah. What about you? What have worked? What has worked for you? Yeah. Similar with the repetition. And I think like you mentioned second order questions for anatomy and for people that aren't familiar, it would just not be something, a direct memorizing answer. You have to kind of apply your knowledge for, the simplest way to describe it. But a lot of our classes are like that. They'll describe a patient presenting with something and you have to say like, what would be wrong with Mm -hmm. them or maybe how you would go about treating it. So it's nice that they're applying what we're learning to clinical situations at times, because that's realistically what we'll be seeing, but it does make it a lot more challenging in the exams. And also those questions, I feel like tend to be longer to read. So it also just takes you longer to like process rather than a quick recall. But yeah, I think trying to just go through lectures and think about how could they ask me about this material helps me a lot. And I use Quizlet instead of Anki, but still similar processing there. And a lot of times time is of the essence and I'm running out of time or I haven't finished all the lectures. So I end up just using a study guide that someone else made and reviewing that really well. I feel like the dental frat that I'm in AO, they have study guides. So I use those a lot or sometimes our classmates share them, but that's kind of my big things. I try to watch lectures and make my own cards and study, but sometimes I end up just kind of cross-referencing lectures with study guides, depending if we have a lot on our plate. Yeah. I've learned making cards. It's great, but it also can take a lot of time. Yeah. Super, super time consuming. I guess another thing I want to ask you really quick before we jump into kind of a different topic here is more about Ohio State. And if a student is interested in OSU, do you have any specific advice that you would give them for their application or for maybe the interview process? Yeah, so the interview uh, process is weighted very heavily. So your goal should be if you get an interview, um, that's a really good sign because they, they usually, you know, pre COVID, they would basically equate the application and the interview about 50, 50 is what the the rumor on the street is, you know, not official, you know, advice, nor is it, you know, 
something as the supports, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's roughly that. And uh, so with knowing that the interview is very important, but also the interview should be more of a conversation and just know that your interview is probably going to be with uh, quite a few dental students. Uh, so the dental students, you know, my interview, at least I only had one faculty member. And then I had like a bunch of dental students that were uh, interviewing me. So just keep that in mind. As far as the personal statement goes and your application, you know, just, I think if you're a well-rounded person and you meet all the uh, minimums that they, that they want, you have a good shot at at getting an interview. Um, You know, there's, there's not really much more than that, especially if, if you're, if you're an out-of-state student, they're probably going to want a pretty high DAT score. Uh, that's just kind of historically what we've, what I kind of have seen through some of my classmates, but, uh, GPAs, I mean, they're, they're important, but like, I think that they, they acknowledge that as undergrads, we take some pretty hard classes. So if you, you know, took OCHEM or even say you had to retake OCHEM, you know, that does not discount you from getting into OSU. Uh, say you didn't do too hot in physics, you know, definitely does not discount you completely, especially if you have a a great DAT score. So um, still apply. And then one of the reasons why I really think out-of-state students should strongly considering uh, applying to OSU is that after your first year of getting into uh, being here at OSU, you can apply for in-state residency. So basically you'll be paying the same tuition as any of the in-state students after that first year, which is a huge, a huge deal. Um, and OSU, you know, the in-state tuition rate at OSU is one of the most affordable tuition rates, uh, you know, anywhere that, you know, when you go, mm-hmm. you go around and you look at some of the other schools. Um, so when you equate that into the equation that you might be getting that for three years, it's, it's a very good deal. Uh, and living here, cost of living is not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, I loved OSU. I I interviewed there as well. And it was such a positive experience. And it's fun because I don't know how when they're going to bring this back, but it was like a two day process. They like encourage you to bring your families and it's you get to meet so many faculty and students like you really feel so immersed in the community. And that like shows you how just positive and happy your students are and your faculty are. And I I absolutely love the interview process. And it was a great one. Yeah, I think students should be excited if anything if they get the interview I feel like there's really no need to be nervous one thing that I know for out-of-state students which was myself that they kind of emphasized to us was that they want to see an interest to live and practice in Ohio since you are like a land-grant university they're trying to have dentists that will be serving their community so keep that in mind if you are coming out there and considering applying. Yes, it's great to get the in-state tuition for three years, but that is something that they're looking for. And you want to be genuine in that interest that like you're interested in being in that area. Yeah, they do definitely look for that. Um, And they also have some spots specifically for that also uh, kind of their Ohio project uh, positions, I believe is what they called it. No, it was something else. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. There's, there's just some, there's uh definitely, you're right. There's definitely a focus on that. And one last thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up, 
Another thing you've been talking about more recently on your Instagram is investing and finances, dealing with your student loans. Could you kind of share some two cents, I guess, for students that are pretty new to this and just maybe what they could be looking out for and some general advice? Obviously, you're just another student trying to help people out, but kind of your strategies. Yep. Not financial advice, but I can tell you my experience with it, you know, Uh, but so I have a, an Acorns account and recently I got into uh, Webull also, which is just another investment platform. And, and how it came about is like several years ago, maybe two years ago, um, I just started learning more about investments and, and whatnot in um, the market and learning about inflation rates and whatnot. And then, you know, eventually you, you learn and you hear that, well, if you keep money in your debit account that the rate of inflation is actually higher than the amount of interest that you earn in in your account so i was like okay so how do you how do you not have that happen you know Uh, because that's not good uh so acorns is just an easy way that i have learned how to invest and invest uh regularly consistently automatically it just does it all for you and it's a uh, very nice. It's a pretty, it's, you get to choose how diverse your portfolio is, which basically is just, uh, uh, it's a, mostly the S and P 500, which for anyone that has no clue what the heck I'm saying right now, it's the 500 largest companies in the United States are, uh, in this stock, um, which basically it means it's very diverse. And then there's also like some bonds in there, which is, uh, has to do with the value of the dollar, which is, uh, you know, we, we track as a, as a country comparatively to like other uh, countries and their, and their currency and whatnot. Uh, so that it, that kind of keeps in track. Like if I take a dollar to uh, France, what is it actually worth? So things like that, but um, it's very diverse way to just put money into an account. And um, I actually do it daily uh, because I've found that, or I've learned that if you miss the best days of the year, uh, that you're actually likely to not uh, have as much growth on the account. So I do invest daily and it's like a small amount every day just to learn and see how, what happens to it. And, you know, if something comes up, then I take the money out, but it's paid for my loops. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And a lot of people ask this, I feel like they know the answer, but people ask if you can work during dental school at all. What's your stance on that? Does that seem realistic, at least for your balance of life? Um, For some people, it definitely does work. Uh, I know one dental student that does right now, but uh, for me, my goal is to focus on school and to uh, find as many scholarships as I can and and go after those. Uh, But as of uh, my personal opinion, if I was telling my, uh, my, one of my siblings who's going to dental school, if, if they were, they're not, but I would tell them don't, don't have a job, but that's, that's what mm-hmm. I would tell them. You know? Yeah. If at all possible, think? I think it's better just to focus on school. Like, yes. Do I have some times during the week when I'm not studying? Of course. But I think that's necessary just to refresh yourself, to be able to go back and do school. And there's so much unpredictability when it comes to extra practice that you may need. 
that like a typical work schedule really wouldn't fit into it. Like my roommate does grocery delivery through an app and makes side money through that. I have friends that still go in and assist every once in a while or some that are hygienists and go in on Saturdays sometimes just to make extra money here and there. I think something like that's definitely feasible, but I don't think you could count on like a specific monthly income. Right. I would not, I would not count on anything consistent because there's some weeks, you know, there's those few weeks sprinkled in there where it's like, I have four exams this week and like, I don't have any time, like good luck. (laughs) But yeah, I agree. It is sometimes possible. Yeah. One last thing I was wondering, cause talking about extra practice made me think of it. How was your preclinical like simulation lab experience in your first year? What all were you guys doing? So we did a lot of uh, restorative and we started fixed. So That's restorative cool. is the cavity preps uh, or just, you know, doing class twos a lot, class ones. And then we started doing crown preps. So uh, th- that's been pretty good. Um, yeah, that's, we, what else? Restorations, amalgam and composite. So we've done all those and now we're, we're still continuing. Like right now over the summer, we're in our third operative in our uh, third fixed class. So we just started doing uh, the anterior crowns, which would be like your, your incisors and, and whatnot. We just had a practical on that. So that was, uh, went pretty well. I hope we'll see the grades are still not released unless <laughs> if they were released in the last 30 minutes or something. But, <laughs> well, yeah. um, yeah, it sounds like you guys have gotten to do a lot of things. That's one thing that I like about some other programs is that you get a mix of everything in your first year and sounds like your program as well. Our school really, our first year, we're just doing preps and restorations. Mm. We're not doing any crowns or dentures or bridges. We do all of that our second year. So we have like the OSCEs. I think that's like a common, I know my friends in med school have OSCEs too, but they're like, they're like practice boards in a way, but okay. like clinic, they're like basically cl- like you're saying like clinical competencies. Yeah. Okay. Just another word for that, but just to make sure you're prepared to do everything. And there's also a written component of the OSCE. Yeah. That's like almost like a practice boards before you start with patients as well. And that's like on clinical information in a written form again, to just make sure that you're fully educated and everything. So they do test you, but you don't have as much repetition as we did right off of coming out of D one year, but you've still been using a drill because you've still been doing crown preps and all those kinds of things. Right. But so you probably knew they, they got rid of the, that two part, uh, boards, boards right? Yeah. Yep. That? So basically, I don't know if, if Michigan was ever like this, but like we were supposed to take part one of boards and that was going to be our acceptance into clinic. If we passed the first part of boards, that would we would be okay to move into the clinic. And that was our written part, but because they got rid of the two part, you know, exam, now the school has to make their own exam and it's over uh, every class that we had during the first two years of dental school. So is that what you were kind of, that's basically yeah, what we have as well. Exactly. So it's, I'm sure that's pretty commonplace now at all the schools, because there has to be some way that they're certifying that the people they're letting practice on patients are actually ready. So it makes sense. Right. Do you have forward to that? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. (laughs) Lots of studying will be necessary for sure. One last thing, just, I guess, letting people get to know you a little bit more. What are some of your future goals and how does dentistry kind of fit into that big picture? So um, as a first generation, just kind of dentist and whatnot, the one thing that's kind of nice about that is I 
don't know the answer to that completely, uh, but I, I can say a little bit into it, but also just know there's, there's some freedom with being a first generation dentist that some other people don't have that uh, is actually very nice uh, sometimes. So you're very, I'm very open-minded. So, you know, I, we will see what happens, but my future goals uh, might be to do a residency, but we'll see, you know, uh, there's still a lot of dental school left to go, but like I said, very open-minded about it all. And, um, you know, down the road, I'd love to be a practice owner. That's like one thing that I, I'm almost certain will be like something I'm going to try and do at some point, you know, uh, just like dental school, like when you're trying to get in, it's not an answer of, you know, it's, it's more about how hard are you going to work towards getting in? You know, how hard am I going to work towards being a practice owner? I already know that like, I'm going to work pretty hard for that. Cause that's something I, I really just like, um, I really like the idea of it. I just really do. And, uh, so at the very least, I want, I, I want that to be a part of my future. And then as far as residency goes, if, if I'm able to, and if the cards play out right, I, I think I'll, um, uh, might try and do that. Awesome. Do you think like maybe a specialty residency or just residency with general? Yes. So, uh, so when I was a dental assistant, I was actually a dental assistant for a pediatric practice. Uh, and I actually got to learn how to do like a little bit of behavior management and stuff for uh, pediatric patients. And then also they, they actually taught me how to do um, a little bit of ortho. So I was actually changing out rubber bands and whatnot. And, and that was really uh, awesome experience. So like, uh, so there's two specialties right there. Right. So, yeah, uh, but I actually really liked the pediatric side of it. So if I was going to residency in my mind currently as it stands, I'm leaning towards that pediatrics, mm-hmm. but you know, I can't say for certain whether or not, you know, something could change, you know, in the next yeah, of course. Uh, three years of dental school. But <laughs> as of right now, I, I think kids are really fun, easy to talk mm-hmm. to a lot of times. Uh, but there's also, you know, of course, you know, there is the other side of that where like you can have a really hard day, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. That's with anything though. So if it's something yeah, it's you're true. passionate and interested in, then definitely keep keeping it in the back of your mind at least. And I feel like people that are interested at least a little bit in specialties tend to be a bit more driven with classes because in the back of their mind, they're like, okay, I really got to make sure I'm doing my very best versus if I have a lot on my plate, like I said, I can kind of prioritize one class and like still feel okay if something doesn't go super well. Yeah, right. You're, you're absolutely right. So I, uh, I definitely think the, the kids that are even just slightly interested in, in specialties, they do really, um, they do have good grades a lot of times, but yeah, mm-hmm. typically, 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 typically but, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not any 4.0 student or anything like that, but I definitely, <laughs> I want to do well in dental school, but also I, it's very yeah. important to me to have a really good life balance in general. So a lot of the times if, if the decision is, so on, on like Monday nights, for example, I, I love to go out and volunteer with uh, the Columbus Stream Center and whatnot. And if it, the only way that I am ever going to like probably not do that is if there was an exam Tuesday morning, bright and early, uh, you know, so there's, there's things like that where you just have to like, what fills you up, you know, and uh, don't negate that either. 
you know, even if it comes in between a lot of times studying, I'm a big proponent of uh, taking care of yourself and just do whatever that thing is that fills you up. Yeah. I literally tell that to everyone that asks about dental school. Like you got to have those non-negotiables. You got to understand yourself and know what's going to keep you sane and well and happy because dental school is a whole lot harder if you're really struggling mentally or physically too. Yeah. Your friendships are important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Everything outside of dental school is probably just as important. So Mm -hmm. really thinking about what, what are you going to be a part of to, um, it, it will help you excel in dental school also, because if I only focus on studying all the time, I'm going to be tired, worn out, and probably didn't retain anything from that oral histology lecture. But if I am like, you know, having a good balance and I, and I focus in, do one thing at a time, and then I switch back to oral histology or whatever the class is, I probably retain that way better now than I would have. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So do you have any closing thoughts or anything else you feel like you want to talk about today? Um, No, I don't really think so. Just uh, if you're a pre-dental student, just keep working hard. And and if something happens, um, say that, you know, the worst case scenario in many of our minds is, oh, no, I I didn't get accepted. You know, Uh, it it does happen to, to people out there, but just know that you are still in a good spot. You can still apply again, keep working hard and just, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your story, you know? So just keep going. I totally agree. Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, yeah, just thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. It was really fun. So I enjoyed it a lot.